You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Fall is officially here, and Midco SN's coverage of the best sports this season has to offer is very much in full swing, especially from a UND perspective. We've got live UND football, volleyball, and hockey all coming your way in the weeks ahead, including UND football on the road at Eastern Washington this Saturday at 4 p.m., plus great coverage of the Summit League, the Missouri Valley, the NSIC, and the high school ranks, plus much, much more. That's Midco Sports Network. This is how we sports and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast, episode 7 of the new year, taping this on a Monday morning, September the 23rd, first full official day of fall, Alex Seinert, Bill Shaves. Bill, good morning to you. How does this, this first full day of a new season greet you? Wow, we're headed towards uh, that thing called winter, aren't we? Is that what's happening? Today's the first full day of fall. Wow. Wow. But I will say this on Friday night, we got some real severe uh, rains up here. And so uh, I just want to start the pod by saying if if you're listening and had some uh, issues over the weekend, we're thinking about you and hopefully you can get that cleared out. But uh, water, as we all know, can do some amazing damage. Yeah. Yeah. Some crazy videos over the weekend of people driving through with, you know, the water up you know, past the hood on some people's cars. And it's been a wild year for weather really across the country and kind of across the world. And, you know, another tropical storm that's that's kind of making an impact down in the Gulf right now that affected. It's, it's so amazing, by the way, how things are all so connected when you're in the world of college athletics or sports in general. I mean, obviously, yeah, exactly. I mean, Grand Forks obviously got hit with a lot of rain, and that's been the case kind of across the Midwest with a lot of flooding. But, you know, there are other places, too, that are going through the same thing, and that kind of throws a wrench in the best laid plans on your schedule sometimes. Yeah, you know, Lamar, they really, in the Houston area, got a lot of rain. Uh Boy, I mean, ridiculous amounts, and uh, they just couldn't make it out. And so, uh, you know, knock on wood, hopefully they'll be able to make it here uh, to the UND Classic next year in volleyball. So you have to pivot. You have to alter. And I, I think that's probably where we start to some degree this whole uh, conversation today, Alex, is sometimes, uh, you know, schedules do alter a bit. And so it's always important that if you're planning on going to a, a match or a game, you know, sometimes there's circumstances that occur uh, after we've even announced the schedule at times that it's always good to make sure and check in uh, that that it's, uh, you know, not moved. I would say, what, 98% or 99% of the time, everything stays pretty much the same. But we've had some alterations already this year, and I think we'll have a few more moving forward. Yeah, I think that's what's unique when you look at some of the news that came out this week, I, you know, we get a release, I think probably on Wednesday or Thursday saying, hey, UND Volleyball Classic, it's not going to be the way we thought because one of our teams is not going to be able to make it. And you kind of have to shift and adjust. And great still, obviously, that Akron could still be here, that Eastern Washington was still here. And you still had this great tournament with with three different teams. But instead of a four team, you know, deal, it kind of had to be shrunk a little bit. Still a positive weekend, though, certainly from a volleyball perspective, at least to get that tournament in. First home matches of the year underway for Jeremiah Tiffin and the girls. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, I know that they were, uh, you know, they were excited about playing at the Betty. And uh, what a what a thriller against Eastern Washington last Thursday. I, I went five sets and uh, we found a way. And boy, in that fifth set, 
you you know the the team that gets out to a to a, a lead or at least uh, how should I say you know just starts off fast uh, um, just has an advantage because boy fifteen goes really really quick and so uh, you know that was uh, exciting for us and then uh, then lost to an Akron team that. Uh, um, they had a senior outside hitter, and she was just, just really, really good player. And uh, you know, she did a good job both against Eastern and us. And uh, so they ended up winning the uh, uh, tournament, although uh, you know, truncated a bit. Uh, but certainly, we understood what uh, Lamar was going through. Yeah, so a tropical storm, Amelda keeping that team from from that Houston, Galveston, kind of that Texas, Louisiana border, unable to make the trip up. Um, as you mentioned, though, again, nice win over the Eagles uh, in that match. By the way, against Eastern, the three-two win on Thursday. Ashley Brueggemann became the 18th player in school history to reach 1,000 career kills uh, and did so in a double-double in a winning effort. Pretty cool for that young lady to accomplish that. Yeah, you know, those are the you know those are the. Uh, kind of demarcations and, and in that sport to get to that level. It just, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it just kind of, in a sense, reeks of consistency, excellence, and to be able to do that uh, over the course of uh, your careers is pretty special. Yeah, pretty cool stuff there. So the win and then the loss puts UND now at the end of non-conference play, eight and six on the campaign, going into Summit League play this weekend's uh, it's it's a maybe a little amazing that we're at that point, and we talked about that last week too. That the non-conference season is already over, but here we are, summer league ready to get rolling at Omaha on Friday, at USD on Sunday. A pair of good tests to open up the 2019 summer league campaign for volleyball. Yeah, you know, no question about it. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm sure uh, our team would love to, uh, you know, have started at home. But at, at the end of the day, um, you know, everything literally will even out uh, as you play the Summit League. So, uh, yeah, I think we're ready to go. You know, um, I talked to Coach Tiffin after the Eastern game uh, on uh, on Friday morning, and uh, I think the I think the team's ready for for league play. So uh, you're right. We started off, and uh, um, you know, should be. Uh, should be a lot of fun as we move forward. Yeah, South Dakota, by the way, 11-1 and one so far in the season. They have a the, the transfer from Nebraska that, that joined the program this year and has kind of helped keep that team moving forward after they made the NCAA tournament last year by beating a, a crazy good Denver team in the Summit League Championship. And then, of course, remember Denver got in as well as an at-large. Denver's pretty good again this year. Omaha's pretty good again this year, too. UND right now, if you look at non-conference record third right now in the Summit, but obviously everybody's playing different level of teams, and it's kind of tough to sort of shake things out. But again, exciting to see what UND can do now against like opposition over the course of this Summit League schedule. Uh, women's soccer, by the way, kind of in the same boat, wrapping up non-conference play this past week. A pair of, you know, tough, tough losses, basically tough luck losses. We knew Boise State was going to be a difficult one on the road. UND actually took the lead in that contest. And then, you know, Boise State's got some All-American kids on their team. And, and some of those the young ladies rose to the challenge and uh, they ended up winning three to one in that game. And Idaho was c- kind of a, not exactly the same story, but uh, Vandals took the lead early in that game. Great equalizing goal in the 85th minute from Cassidy Giddings, uh, a sub off the bench. And then just before the 90th, Idaho scores the game winner. So a tough 2-1 defeat in that one as well. Yeah, I thought our goal, you know, we were pressuring at that point in time and found a way to, uh, you know, uh, at that point, you're trying to put it on net and uh, it deflected off of uh, one of their defenders into the goal, kind of went in opposite direction of where the uh, goalie was uh, was headed. And so uh, that was great to tie it. You're right. I think it was, what, 84 
fifty or something like that or whatever, uh, close to the eighty fifth minute. And then uh, I'll tell you what, I, it was a great goal by Idaho. I mean, I, I want to say maybe Alex, I, I'm going to guess because they're playing in the Kibbe Dome on their football field, and so I want to say it was maybe like their thirty two yard line or something like that. I mean, it was a Oof. it was a shot, and uh, you know, I, I sometimes you see those goals every once in a great while. And I think Chris made that statement after the game is, you know, um, you know, sometimes you just tip your cap. I mean, it was just a great shot. Women's soccer now done with non-conference play six, three and one in the non-conference portion of the season. And now they get a little bit of a buffer between non-conference and summer league action. Uh, So not until October, October the third, now on a Thursday against South Dakota, their next match with SDSU the following Sunday, that game against the Oats, by the way, originally scheduled to be a Friday match. That's now been shifted back a day. Just kind of talk through the rationale between making that change. And that that news just came out a little bit ago. Yeah. The summit league came to us and I, you know, and, and asked whether or not we would be okay with that. And I, I think we were generally fine with it, uh, given the fact that it gives you uh, another day of rest. And I think there's a there's certainly a, a thought process in that sport for sure that it, it, as many days as you can get in between uh, certain matches is probably good for for the student athletes. And so uh, I am pretty sure that was the initial or the, the the thought process. And really, it came back. To, to us whether or not we wanted to alter it uh and and you know as long as in in those scenarios in some ways alex i kind of defer a lot of times to the coaches to decide you know what what maybe is in their best interest uh and the team's best interest so uh we agreed to it and uh so we'll play on thursday instead of that friday yeah for south dakota they would have a game in Fargo on Sunday. Now that gives them a little extra time to sort of recover. And obviously with UND traveling to Brookings, these aren't long trips, but again, soccer is, it's a 90 minute grind. And there's a reason why when you see at the major international level, you know, there, there's at least a handful of days in between these matches. Like you really try and give your guys or ladies a chance to recover and obviously in college, it's a little bit different because you can make multiple substitutions per half and it's not just three subs and that's it, et cetera. But this is a physical sport and it takes its toll. And when you have a long season and you're playing games, especially when you're playing games on Friday, Sunday, which can be the case in the summer league sometimes, if you can give yourself just an extra day of rest, that makes a huge difference just in the ability for your players to play at their highest level. Yeah. And especially you're always going to have a team traveling. So, so you, you kind of put that into the mix. And so, uh, yeah, I, you know, and again, never is something that really we want is to alter schedules if we, if we don't have to, especially if we've kind of already publicized a certain date. But I I think the best way of putting it is, you know, schedules are subject to change. And uh, although we try to do this uh, very sparingly, occasionally it, it does happen. Yeah, just another reason why you should check out the Fighting Hawks app and check out the, you know, be be alert if you've got making plans for these things. Maybe just do a quick double check on the time and the date and, and be watching the Newswire because sometimes, like you said, changes can happen, bad weather, et cetera, or even just, yeah, two teams just get together and say, hey, this would make a lot more sense if we scooted it up or scooted it back. So be aware, be alert out there, fans. Things can change sometimes. Be willing to pivot. <laughs> the great ones do. The great ones do, Doug, on it. You would hope they're going to pivot. That's exactly right. But, uh, you know, the other one I, I would say, Alex, is, you know, it n- never do we really want to change times, even if the day do- remains the same. But sometimes that's that has to happen as well. And sometimes there's just, you know, situations that occur. So, so again, yep, I think you're right. Just be alert, right? Be alert. No, for sure. Uh, from a time perspective, I know from – 
you know, from a television standpoint, you know, we sometimes ask, hey, this usually happens in the summertime, but especially with football, when you're looking at a Saturday, when everybody is playing on the same date, I know there are times when Midco SM will ask one of one of our partner schools, can you look at movie moving this time back? Or can you look at moving this time up just so we can try and get all of our, our, our partner schools on the air? If we've got, you know, USD and SCSU and North Dakota all have home dates, how can we do this so we can get them all on our primary channel? And I, our, our schools do a great job of working with this. But yeah, fans at home, sometimes if you see, gosh, why is this a noon kickoff or why is this a four o'clock? Sometimes, sometimes TV kind of plays a role in that. And you, obviously that's very much the case on a national level as well. It's not something unique <laughs> to this particular situation. But uh, it's just lots of different factors sometimes that we don't think about that go into making a schedule to try and keep everybody happy. No doubt. No doubt. As we look through uh, the rest, kind of the rest of the roundup from a UND perspective, uh, tennis getting things rolling this this past weekend. The men uh, at Drake, the women at the Gopher Invitational. Uh, j- nice to see that sport kind of kick off things and get rolling. Yeah. And then both of them, the, again, they have their uh, fall portion of their schedule. And then this week, uh, both of them will be down uh, in Omaha uh, at, in, at Creighton. So, uh, yeah, this is kind of the uh, the time frame where, uh, you know, certainly coaches, uh, you know, can get a look at their team and uh, know what they've got going into the winter, if you will, before sort of the head-to-head uh, matches uh, sort of uh, occur once uh, – once we get into, say, January, February, March. Yeah, love a little tennis. We, we touched on that a couple of weeks ago. Tennis is a fun sport. And UND is going to host several matches over at Choice again this year. Good opera. If you love a good tennis game, go check that out. It's kind of fun to watch up from the rafters and see what's going on. It is. There. You know, I, I the actual, you know, ability to watch all six courts simultaneously is kind of neat. I mean, really, you, you put your head on a swivel a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's, it, it is neat. It really is. And so it's a great vantage point. So uh, I concur, and the price is right, too. Just ask where to, where to go. There you go. Nice people over there at Choice. They'll, they'll tell you. They'll tell you where you need to be. Um, football, of course, was off this past weekend. Bubba doesn't like to call it bye week. It's, it's an open week this past week, still working towards uh, a big game now coming up. So kind of this, the way the schedule played out, just to continue this conversation, you know, three games to start the season, the first of two byes, and now the second half of this really difficult stretch of another ranked opponent coming up. Eastern Washington is the opposition in Cheney. And, you know, Eastern, by the way, and you can, obviously this is a, a place that you have a lot of history with and spent 11 years out there and helped them get this beautiful red turf and, and seen them win a national championship and make number a uh, number of title games, uh, a tough start for them this season. Obviously they've they've played some difficult teams, but they're now one in three and just coming off a defeat to Idaho in which they trailed 28, nothing in the first half of that game. Uh, huge, huge game for both teams right now with, with UND gaining momentum and picking up steam in Eastern Washington, just, just trying to find their footing without an FCS win this year. Yeah, every every year uh you just never know Alex. I mean, you get the preseason rankings and many many times uh those rankings are based on what you did the year before and and rightly so. Um but but I think uh you know, we're going to go in and we're going to get an eastern team that's uh that's obviously anxious uh to, to put their first uh uh division 1 win on the board this year. So uh but you know each week is its own and uh you know you only get one of these and so regardless of of whether the team you're playing has won four straight or five straight or have lost five straight you still got to do what you do and and you still have to play well. So um yeah I you know I'm 
I think the I think the open week I'll call it I'll I'll, I'll heed Bubba's uh, um, message, uh, but I think the open week always comes at a really good time in that sport. And uh, you know, again, I think we thought that given the schedule and knowing the caliber of of programs that we're going to be playing this year, we we felt we thought the eleven that we had gave us uh, ample opportunity moving forward and uh, playing that extra game. Although in some cases, in a twelve game potential twelve game season, makes a whole lot of sense. And you know, at, at some point, we'll we'll delve even deeper into kind of the football scheduling a little bit further. We did that last year with Kyle Toporalski, but you know, um, and when we announce a couple more, and uh, we're going to be really, I think, scheduled out here for the foreseeable future, which is exciting for us. we got one more contract we're waiting to get back, and then maybe we can talk deeper about that. But I felt like this year made a whole lot of sense for us to maybe stick with the 11 and get that second open week. And uh, as we move forward, we're going to get one kind of in the middle of this eight-game run, and that will help as well. Yeah, I just think, again, for people that are still on the fence or, or if people have said, why didn't we schedule an opponent for this week or kind of in that late October stretch when that, that second buy kicks in? I just think, Easter again, when you look at the, in a nutshell right now, if you want to just shrink it down to this week, Eastern is coming off another physical loss to Idaho. You know, they had played Washington to start the season, obviously a very physical Husky opponent, and they lost that game. Uh, they, they've had a difficult start to the year, and they've not had a chance to take a breath. And UND is coming in now, and Washington, by Eastern Washington, by the way, is really banged up. I think that that's kind of one of the storylines. Defensively, it sounds like they've just got, you know, kind of like what UND had a couple of seasons ago when guys just went down and then the, the backups went down and they're just struggling to sort of fill some of these spots, especially at linebacker. UND knows what it's like to get behind the eight ball in terms of injury and not have a bye week because UND didn't have one in 2017 when things kind of went south and they just couldn't recover. And I think when you can go into a game like this fresh and as healthy as you can be at this beginning point of the season and your opposition did not get that luxury, that's a huge bonus. And UND is going to get two of these this year when other teams are only going to get one. I just, I, again, we, we can, we've talked about this before, but I just think you, you made the right call. I just think that was just the best idea. And like I said, we'll, we'll know at the end of the season if it was right or wrong. But man, looking at it right now, again... Sorry, I'm rambling right now, but I just think, man, I just feel very strongly about this. That I just think this is this is the right choice if you can give yourself the opportunity, the option of being fresh or not fresh, and you have the option. I I know there are other factors into it too, but I would take fresh. I, I think fresh is fresh is better. Yeah, you know. So I could argue both ways, but the reality of it is is this: the there's no doubt in this sport the best you're going to do in any one weekend is to come out with the same guys you went in with. So you're going to, so that's the best you're going to do. Now the next week, I guess you might get guys back that didn't play that week. So you could be in a plus situation, but truly when you do play, chances are you're probably going to be more in a minus situation than a plus situation. And so, um, you know, I, you know, in every year, you just never know. Yeah, sometimes things get get, get uh, you know, uh, injuries just catch, and sometimes it's a position group. 
and there, you know, I know it, that happened with UND a few years ago. And so, uh, you know, Eastern now, I, I, you're right. They, they, I think it was at least three starters on the defensive side that did not play. And whether they'll be back or not, who knows this week? I mean, I, I don't know. I just know that we just got to go figure ourselves out and just keep getting better. I do know, though, that, you know, Sam Houston, if you're going to say, you know, what was exciting over the weekend is what they did to Incarnate Word. And so yes. that's a that's a good thing. I mean, for us, I mean, after you beat a team, you want them to run the table. So uh, and, and that that was a that was a good win, so to speak, for us. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that was a resounding win for Sam. It was a, a big win over an Incarnate Word team that was a playoff team a season ago. And Sam looked like world beaters in that game. I think Eric Schmidt, who we really held down, uh, the, more, the more mobile quarterback of the two last week, threw for five touchdowns and 500 yards and had this offensive explosion. And and I don't know, like you said, those are the when you're when you're off, when your team's not playing, you do have a chance to maybe focus a little more on what else is happening. And obviously, the, the UC Davis North Dakota State game was kind of the big headliner of two top five teams. But certainly, I think people had their eyes on. Well, what did Sam do in response this weekend? What did Eastern Washington do? What did you know some of the teams that are going to be ahead of the schedule coming up do? And yeah, for the most part, I mean, teams that UND will play in the weeks ahead all fared pretty well for themselves. And those are good things when you're the teams that you beat or the teams that you're going to play are playing well. That always helps your resume. Yeah, and it's always, I guess, a little easier to, to kind of look ahead and say X, Y, or Z is going to happen. But in this sport, you really have to focus in on the week at hand. That's all you can do. And, you know, you just never know what's going to happen, you know, literally month by month. And if you segment out our seasons, it's almost like we have a third, a third, a third. And so now we're into the second third of our season. Yeah, well, hopefully for UND fans, the second third kicks off with a big win. Uh, and I know for you, Bill, obviously you, we, UND has played Eastern Washington in various sports since you've come to Grand Forks. This will be, I'm assuming, the first time, obviously, you'll be back there for a football game since you left that post. What are your thoughts kind of entering this entering this week? Any, I don't know, any, I'm sure some, some memories and some reminiscing and some old friends and all those good things. But what kind of stands out to you about this, this opportunity now to go back there to back to Cheney to a place you spent so much time in? Yeah, you know, I, I'd say, you know, more for my kids' sake, I, I'd say, like my literal kids that I have, you know, that's kind of where they, uh, you know, that's where their formative years, that's where they grew up in the Spokane area. So so I think from that perspective, honestly, that's probably kind of neat to be able to see some, you know, friendly faces. Uh, you know, that'll be, that'll be great. But as far as uh, what's transpiring, there's no question what, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, the, the, the desired outcome is for sure. And so, uh, <laughs> but we're, we're uh, you know, we've got to figure out you know, we've just got to be the best we can be that day. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt that Eastern's had a lot of success on that red carpet. And so, uh, you know, I, I forget all the other stuff that's gone on the first couple of weeks. They've been really difficult to beat uh, uh, you know, in that venue. And so uh, we're going to have to be on point for sure. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to find a way to, to, you know, again, secure the ball. And, you know, they, they do like to, you know, they really like to get out in front of you. They're, they're, they're a tough team when they get ahead of you. And so, uh, you know, we're just going to have to do a good job of kind of, I don't want to say slowing things down, but, but just really get out there and, uh, and play our game. And, you know, we did it against Sam Houston, and uh, we've got to have that same sort of effort again uh, in Cheney. 
Massive game for both teams coming up 4 o'clock Central Time, 2 o'clock Pacific. Again, if you, if you missed it in the intro, Midco SN is, is happy to bring this game back. Um, it's, it's great that sometimes we were able to connect with the home broadcasters for these teams and be able to bring back these road games. And so excited they have an opportunity to put this game on our airwaves coming up this weekend. So if you can't make the trip, you can still catch the game live on Midco SN and you don't have to rely on a Pluto television stream on your internet that sometimes can kind of be up and down. So that's that's one really great thing. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, the one thing that I will say, though, is, uh, and, and who knows, weather can change, but boy, I, they're talking below 50 degrees to, uh, that day. So mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be interesting. I mean, that, it's kind of more that deep October, early uh, November sort of weather. Usually late September, you're in decent shape uh, in that area. But, it, you know, it seems like the weather could play a little bit of a factor that day. Okay, that is good to know. I will, uh, I'm going to be on the trip. Uh, you will be as well. We'll bring bring some coats, bring maybe a little a little layer or two for the <laughs> for the sidelines come Saturday afternoon. Smart. That's, that's, that's expert advice right there. Um, by the way, for the, for those of you that are making the trip, Bill, give us something. What, what's, um, what's maybe a good place to eat or something to do if people are staying in Spokane or Cheney that are, that are making the trip? Just, I love to get the locals' perspective, and you lived out there for a decade. What's, what's something people should check out if they can make the trip? You know, if you go downtown, downtown has a lot of good restaurants. They really do. I think from a local standpoint, I think uh, O'Doherty's Irish Pub is always a good place. Uh, Red Lion Barbecue is a good one as well. And those that's kind of local local flair, if you will. And then they've got uh, then they've got some you know uh, higher end restaurants as well, right on the river. If if you like uh, uh, fishes on the river, which is awesome. And then uh, Spencer Steaks is good. So I mean, there there's a lot of options. Uh, Northern Quest Casino is like near where uh, I would say closer to the airport. So if you fly into the airport, you go one way is Spokane, you go the other way, it's Cheney. So that's about as simple as it gets, like five miles either way. So, and you fly in the middle, you're right in the middle. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you'll find something and, uh, you know, Spokane's a, a, a neat city, obviously, uh, with a river right through it. And, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, not many cities in the country, you know, can boast a river, you know, and uh, we're fortunate, obviously, uh, here and we're fortunate, uh, you know, they're fortunate as well to have it uh, in Spokane. Yeah, very European to have a river running through your city. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, I've been to Spokane once in my life. I uh, toured Gonzaga University as a high school student and did a campus tour there. And just remember thinking, you know, when you think of Washington from the menu from a Midwest perspective, you know, you think the evergreen trees and that's kind of your impression. And it's you forget that, no, eastern Washington is wheat country. I mean, it's really it's fields and it's it's beautiful, but it's a different kind of beauty than you maybe would think. So if if folks are traveling out there good opportunity to go experience kind of something familiar, but just in a different, in a different light. Yes. Just make sure you bundle up for sure. Cause like yeah. literally it, and it's always a bit chilly at, at Roos field and, and the wind always comes in a bit. So uh, just br- bring more layers than less. Okay. You can always right. layer, you layer down. You can't layer up if you yeah. don't have it. <laughs> Again, great advice. Great advice. Travel tips on the, on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Shaves America. Yep, there we go. That's our that's our secondary podcast. Bill Shaves Tours America. Yeah. Um, anything else going on from a UND perspective, Bill? You want to touch on? 
No, I think cross country heads to uh, Minnesota this weekend. The Roy Griak, yes. yeah, and so uh, you know, so uh, Christine's team will be uh, will be there, and uh, I think that's it. Kind of unique. I'll, I'll end with this. How about this? It's just very, very unique. Um, no home matches this week. Yeah, it's very odd, and you know, for our staff, this one is this is like the open week before. Wow, here we go, right? I mean, maybe you get something around the holidays to some degree, but still, you know, if 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 football's doing their thing and maybe uh, you know, there's just this is it. If you if you're gonna if you're in intercollegiate athletics and, and you work here and, and you've got to work games, boy, take advantage of this week. Mm-hmm. But you, some may be on the road, right? Yeah, I mean so sure, so, so the week quote off is not off, but for the folks that put on the the actual events and really it's a lot of our same people and faces that you see putting on all these events this gives them a little bit of a uh, like you said an open week before uh really the chaos begins yeah because when you do zoom out i mean obviously after this week football's home for homecoming hockey begins next weekend as well you get summit league action where volleyball soccer cross country obviously has a home uh, meet coming up shortly too all these things will get going october will be a very busy month followed by another busy month in November, followed by kind of another busy month. Yeah, it's just, yep, yep. But it's great. But this is why we love it, though. This is why people work in higher ed and in athletics. You get this this time of year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Fun stretch on the way coming up for you. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, uh, I think it's your chance now probably to kind of make that flip over to the the B side of things. And Let's we, do it. Uh, for, you know, we, we missed the B-side last week, and I know some people I, Some people did point out that they were sad that there was no B-side. And, I, and to all of you out there, thank you. Thank you for speaking up. To the naysayers out there, there are some that listen to the end of the B-side on this podcast. So we're, gonna, we're bringing it this week. This is, this is a, a big-time two-part B-side this week. No, just kidding. I wish we had more positive things to talk about, but it was kind of a sad. The usual things that we hit on on this B-side, soccer... You know, the Steelers, the Red Sox, et cetera. You know, most of those things, unfortunately, in Bill's world, kind of sad. Kind of a kind of a tough Bill Chaves spectator weekends. Not a lot of not a lot of great things going on, unfortunately. Well, I had to take uh I, I had to revel in other people's losses too, like Man U <laughs> losing. Chelsea losing. I mean, if you're gonna lose, although did you watch Tottenham's match? I, I did. Did you see the second goal? The Serge Aurier disallowed goal? Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that's a case. And we've talked on this pod a lot about VAR and instant replay. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about how if we can get replay to the point where it takes away, you know, maybe maybe strips away the opinion of it and says, let's just focus on, yeah, did the ball cross the line? Was this person offsides? Everything that is subjective is, you know, like to, to make some of those changes. This was a case where this was an offside call, but you literally, I mean, I don't don't know the exact measurement, but there appeared to be, I don't know, could you put a, you could you put a whisker between where the man's boot was and where the last defender was? Could you put, I mean, a, a slice of cheese? How close? I mean, there was nothing to separate these two. And Serge Aurier scores the goal to make it 2-0. Looks like Tottenham's going to roll. And they look back and say, nah, he was just fractionally offside. And that completely changed the game. I thought uh, it's Kyle Martino, I think, after the game or or after the match. Did you hear what he said? 
I didn't hear this particular rant, but I have heard Kyle talk about this this issue. But I thought he he made a good point, and and I, I didn't realize this is that it takes an actual human, I guess, to actually move the line, and and he just said that alone should keep it the call that was on the field. And I think that's where we're kind of losing to some degree is like the call on the field should maintain if like what you're saying there is like, if you're really struggling with that, it seems like it should have been the call. Now that can go for you and against you. I I mean, but, but it better be like a hundred to zero that it was. And I, you know, and I guess you could say it was a hundred to zero. And I, I said, well, I, get where they're coming from. But then I heard him say that it takes an actual human to move it, to move that line. Well, that seems odd to me, you know? And again, is that the reason why they have it? Hmm, I, I don't know. I'll go back to clear and obvious or whatever the definitions they're using. And certainly balls going over the end line. I mean, those are like absolutes, but you really kind of, and again, not for nothing. I mean, it was a goal. I mean, it was. I mean, it was a nice goal. I mean, it was, I mean, he he kicked it. It went in, and and really, that's the difference between really winning the match and ultimately. Now again, Tottenham does what Tottenham does. I mean, they didn't have to give up to, but they did. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's just about right with them. So uh, they're two, two, and two. They're very average. That's kind of been the way the season's gone. They are kind of a middle-of-the-road team. And the, the, the thing is, though, let's say that that flips. They beat Leicester, who's a team that is competitive this season. Leicester right now is in third in the table on 11 points. Spurs are in this muddled tie for, you know, there are like seven teams that have eight points. But those two would be flipped. I mean, Spurs would be in third place, and Leicester would be in at seventh, eighth, ninth, whatever. And, and a nice road win against a pretty good Foxes team. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, if, if I were a Spurs fan, obviously, I'd be very disappointed that that call was overturned. It was... A difficult one to take. Now, the following day, Chelsea's playing Liverpool, and it's one nothing Liverpool, and Chelsea score a goal, and it looks like it's 1-1, Cesar, Cesar uh Dave Azpilicueta scores. And that's another one where they go back and they review it, and they determine, oh, yep, this, this Chelsea player was just marginally offside. And it was another really, really tight call, kind of in the second phase of play. And at that point, of course, I mean, I was very much on the side of the referees and thought, yes, of course we should. That's absolutely a call you overturn. But you can tell how these moments really, and then Liverpool go on to win the match two to one. These are big game changing moments that it's still kind of, even though we've got technology now and we have the opportunity to look and reevaluate, still just coming down to people's opinions, really, in the end. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the. In cases like this, at least. Yeah. And and if you go backwards, it's. You know, I guess it it comes back to what the NFL is doing right now, too, right? I mean, it turned into, uh, okay, clear interference on a player, but then we're going to call someone with an illegal block or illegal obstruction within the play. And it's like, is that really what we're doing at this point? I guess we are. I I mean, and 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 I'll flip it all the way then to hockey again, where are we reofficiating everything or are we actually seeing if the puck went in the net or are we seeing if the line change was right? If the, the zone entry was correct. And I mean, I guess if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that's what we need to be doing. I would rather go back to the tennis thing where, the, again, they have it right because the technology and the lines don't move and all that stuff. But mm. it's the ball's in or the ball's out. Yeah. It just seems like that's it, right? It feels like we were just trying to complicate things again. And I, it, sim- simple typically is better. I mean, for the, for the most part, I, 
it's entertainment and we should just be happy. I think when you talk about that idea of simple being better and just let's not get too crazy with all this. The NFL did a nice job this past week of completely changing what they had been calling holding on. I think the first two weeks of the season, something was a hold and now it's not anymore because there were... I think like an average of nine more penalties a game over the first two weeks of the season than there had been in previous years. And they kind of didn't about face on that and realized, yeah, we're being a little too letter of the law. Let's let the guys play a little bit more. And there were, it was a significant decrease in penalties I saw yesterday versus what we had seen over the first two weeks of the season. I would say Tom Brady tweeting about it on Thursday night made it through. That was a direct correlation. If Tom Brady's upset, things happen. But, um, <laughs> he's a sensitive man, but, um, in any case, yeah, I, I think, you know, reofficiating something, you're, it's, we're just, we don't need to. We, it's unnecessary. We're, we're get, you're opening up way too much then, and it's just going to become something different. Sports are going to become very different than what they are right now here real soon if we keep going down that road. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, no, Steelers, I'm okay with them. I, I, you know, they traded for Fitzpatrick, and I think, uh, you know, that's someone that I think they think is pretty good. And uh, it's just going to take a little bit. When you have a new quarterback, I mean, not many can roll right in like, uh, Mahomes did, I think, really like literally week one. I mean, I there's usually a little bit of uh, growth that has to take place. And I, Rudolph was okay yesterday. They just did. They just didn't score enough. I mean, uh, when you're they're kept keeping, you know, again, uh, San Francisco turned the ball over multiple times, but it, yeah, five, not good. You should win the game, but they just couldn't get it in the end zone. But then they finally got it going a little bit. That they're actually they're going to be fun to watch. I, I'm I'm okay. I am just okay. I I'm solid. I. The decisions they made off season, I think, have let's just say come to fruition. That that they made a good choice, um, and we'll keep it there. And uh, you know what? You have injuries in the game, and they just got they got to get better. They got to find a way to win a game or two. That's all. I will say, yeah. I mean, twenty four twenty. You know, losing to San Francisco when you force five turnovers, not great. Nope. You know, the silver lining here is you've played New England, who's not going to lose a game this year. Seattle, who. You know, didn't look great, obviously, in loss to the Saints and the backup quarterback yesterday. But you still, you know, lost to Seattle. There's no shame in that. Lost to San Francisco on the road. That's a long road trip. Now you get a chance to play a Cincinnati team that maybe is one of the worst teams in the league, after excluding Miami, who clearly is the worst. But, you know, since he's right in there. I know that's always a tough divisional game. But you get a chance to kind of bounce back on Monday Night Football. If you lose that one, then you have Baltimore, then the Chargers. It could be, could be a little bit of a rough... Oh, yeah, I, th- I think the band, the weekend, band, so. the band is getting better for like, like literally, I th- I do think Seattle's pr- pretty good uh, yesterday, notwithstanding, I don't know really what happened. It's the NFL. That's what happened. Yeah, every week's weird. Yeah. It, yeah it, but, you know, losing at New England, losing at San Francisco, it, it, whatever, the, but they are going to have to get better quickly. Like they're going to have to be able to score some points, but I think their defense will be better with uh, Fitzpatrick. I do believe that. So we'll see. We'll see. I, it'll be, it'll be okay. I mean, I, you know, they're, uh, even if they have a year where, you know, uh, they struggle that's all right too yeah i love your i love your optimism this this is this is good this is a good level-headed take on what most people would say has been a dumpster fire of a situation they're not they're not the worst zero and three team oh like they're just they're just not and so even like baltimore i think last year i could be wrong at some point in time i think was either one and four they were something and and then they caught fire and went and i'm not saying the steelers will do that but they're going to play enough teams now where they're going to win some games Baltimore last year, I just looked it up, started the year with five losses. 
to four wins. So they were four and five to start the season. And, and then they had a bye week and then they got hot and closed the year on a great run and, of course, made the postseason. Obviously, there was a quarterback change in there, too, which kind of helped spurn that on, getting Flacco out of there and putting Lamar. But you're right. I mean, the team, this happens a lot. I know the stat is, what, 0-3 teams only make the playoffs like 12% of the time or something like that. But the reality is most of those 0-3 teams are bad football teams, and that's why they don't make the postseason. That's right. Time will tell if Pittsburgh is a bad football team or not. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, I felt good about our Red Sox. I think they got their 81st win, so I was concerned that they weren't going to get to 80, uh, 81, but I think we I think we got there. 81. Yep. So 81 and 74, you know. Seven I mean, left. Yeah. They're 20 games back at the Yankees. I mean, it's – but like you said, it's – this is one of those seasons. I've seen a lot of – I've read a lot of column inches about how – you know, the disaster that's been the 2019 Red Sox and all this stuff, whatever. They won a World Series last year. Come on. Sorry. I, I, you know what? It, it, they, they got off to a slow start and their pitching just wasn't good. And so I do worry about Chris Sale. I mean, I'm glad they shut him down. Now, I haven't heard, I haven't read anything on him at this point. So uh, hopefully he'll come back. And boy, honestly, Alex, we need him to be Chris Sale again. And if that happens, then, then things, then things are a little different. With the Red Sox out of the picture, how much, obviously, last week of the baseball regular season, are you, the Minnesota Twins are, have not guaranteed themselves a spot in the postseason yet, but are more or less, like they've, they've pretty much got one foot in the door. Are you paying attention this week now? Do things still kind of matter to you? Will you still kind of keep posted on what's happening with October baseball that's on the way? Um, I, you know what? If it, if it fits, for sure. I'm a little interested to see what happens with the Twins. Obviously, I'm going to root for them. And I think if I'm them, I, I probably would take the Yankees over the Astros. It seems like the Astros are a bit more complete team. I, I, I know the Yankees' bullpen is tough, though. I mean, and they hit the heck out of the ball, no doubt about it. But I think I would take the Yankees over the Astros. Not that they're going to have a say in it at this point in time, but it'll be interesting. I would probably agree. At Houston, now both both those teams right now, 102 wins. Yeah, but that that Houston team with their rotation seems just to be. They're good. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. So, but you know what? We we have the off season. Our off season starts now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I will miss. It is awfully fun, like Major League Baseball. And this is by the way for Twins fans out there because you've not experienced this for a, for a couple. Of, well, really, I mean, in full for a couple of years. There's just nothing like it when your team makes the postseason. Like October baseball is so much fun when they make when your team makes a deep run. So I will miss that this year, not having the Sox. But yeah, Twins fans have something to look forward to. This this will be hopefully for you a long run into October. I'll leave you with two things. Uh, one is I'm glad the Twins uh, I, and they should win I, I, the the division. So hopefully that gives them that that series. Obviously, as opposed to having to play the one game, that's great. Um, and then secondarily. Again, in the world of you can't make it up in England where, you know, it's just more soccer on top of soccer on top of soccer. Yeah, we get to play Colchester tomorrow. So God bless Colchester. So I I, I don't even know where the match is. I mean, it could be in Colchester. I don't know. So uh, but I don't know. They're a third tier league team. So League One, I guess, as we like to say, would be the official terminology. Yeah. But yeah, third third tier is the right way. That's the right way to say it. The majesty of. Gosh, the FA Cup. It's just, you know. We're already into the third round, as we know. But again, we're concerned about winning trophies, though, too. So we got that going. So (laughs) there's that. 
And I apologize. This is actually a Carabao Cup fixture. I apologize. There's FA Cup matches tomorrow, but there's also Carabao Cup coming up. So Colchester United. Just don't just don't stub your toe against Colchester. Where, where are we? Do we know if we're it's, it's in Colchester? I'm not sure what the uh, what <laughs> the name of the stadium is. This, by the way, if you want a really fun podcast, listen on on your travels to Cheney this coming this coming weekend. Men in Blazers, who of course are a lot of fun, um, Roger Bennett and Michael Davies, who do this goofy podcast. They sometimes do live shows, and they have the, they pot they put the pod from the live show on their podcast feed and a couple of years ago they had a podcast guest on who had been the owner of Leighton Orient the small you know third fourth division team and uh it just it was a phenomenal conversation about this guy about what it's like to be the owner of this lower level football club but he talked about how like when you play in the FA Cup and it just it's a random draw sometimes you get to play a premier league team and sometimes they come to your place and you it's amazing and even if you get you know beat 11 to 1 or whatever just the fact that they're coming to your town is fantastic he did mention that it's always better though when you go to their place because you split the gate and if you're going to the Emirates, if you're going to the Etihad, that's 70,000 tickets and you get half that. He said, that's usually a little better for the pocketbook. So they don't, you know, but obviously it's a lot of fun to get to bring in a team like Spurs to Col- the Colchester Municipal Stadium. It's going to be fun. I do remember it was maybe about four or five years ago, man, you had to go somewhere and I forget where they went, but it was like, it was like really the New York Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys, you know, rolling in to, you know, you're, you're, you know, I went to Enfield high school to Enfield high school. You know what I mean? That's pretty much what it amounts to. Here comes me and you make sure we have those temporary bleachers. You know, I mean, that's what it's kind of like, you know, we got to move them from the soccer field or the football field to the soccer field. You know, it's just yes. crazy, but it, those, it, it is neat to see. And uh, I'm sure Colchester will be all abuzz tomorrow. I would imagine the entire Shire will, will be, be up in arms. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, um, awesome. As always, Bill, thanks so much. Good, good stuff as always this week. Enjoy a big week. No home games, but a big week as always for you and the Athletics. Absolutely. Thanks, Alex. For Cassie Niles, for Bill Shaves, I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast.